What's up, hybrids? Welcome back to another episode of the Phantom Hybrid Podcast. This is Hanako, and I am here with Anthony, Lori, and Mike, and we are discussing episode four of Moon Knight. And this is the episode that even before the show came out, like all of the critics, basically what Disney Plus did was all the people who got screeners of the show, they got the first four episodes. And episode four was the one everybody was talking about, like, oh, that's the episode that makes the show. That's that's it. So I was like, oh, okay. So what's going on in this episode? <laughs> and it turns out there's a lot. There's some good, there's some bad, there's some emotional, there's some funny. That last, very last scene in the episode, it was kind of like, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't stop, I couldn't stop laughing. It was so funny. It's a hippo god with braids. Like, it's a hippo god with braids. This has the cutest voice. Hi! I was like, what? You know I would have yelled watch, too. You know how you watch things sometimes and you're like, that voice does not fit that face? I was yeah. expecting her to have a deeper voice. Like, I was expecting her to sound like me a little bit. But no, she has this pipsqueak voice that sounds the way I did when I was 16. So... That was awesome. I, I was I was not. I mean, that whole last five minute stretch, I was not expecting. I mean, okay. Well, first of all, I wasn't expecting Mark to get shot in tune and be floating. And then next thing you know, there's a callback to get out with him floating down into the light and stuff. And then next thing you know, we're in the middle of a romancing the stone slash Indiana Jones movie. I don't think it was that good. It was like, way <laughs> worse. I, you know what? I thought that my channel had skipped and had gone to a trailer. I had to stop my TV <laughs> to make sure that I was still watching Moon Knight. Oh my God. I was like, wait a minute. Did it skip to like a Dutter Disney Channel show? I was oh, like, no. the acting in this is too bad for it to be anything else and then I, uh, yeah like the was, skeleton falling and him going ah! right i I, th- I thought they had switched to the goonies it was so bad hey, hey, hey leave, go- no goonies, leave goonies alone there'll be no goonie slander no we're not right. doing that no my name no. is no. Ma'am. Ma'am. walk away oh, walk away slowly don't do that don't do that we're not doing that no absolutely not but you know the funny thing is that didn't throw me off as much because I think I remember you guys when we were talking about um, Moon Knight in the comics, y'all said something about the fact that he took his persona from a TV show or a movie or something. I think I remember us having that conversation. He, he made uh, No, he made, they made it TV for this, but he basically made an imaginary friend up. Okay. And that was even great. Oh, okay. But yeah. I, I have to give it to them though. They, they, well leading into the next episode this is a really good they're doing a really good job with it because i like i said i I was sort of put out and then i was like oh okay yeah no uh, it's um it's interesting the the choices that they have made as far as how they're introducing things to this universe to uh television viewers and uh, you know it's not bad yeah that was fun but i was like when he said, "I'm you're Doctor Stephen Str- oh, I mean Stephen Grant. I, I, <laughs> uh-huh. I almost did what Anthony said <laughs> in the last episode. Stephen Strange. No, not that Stephen. Wrong Stephen. But yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, oh okay, because this guy was also like an archaeologist, and I was like, oh, so that's where he got the inspiration. 
and we open up in this asylum but we'll get to that part let's let's talk about how we get there so at the beginning of the episode we pick up where we ended last episode you know March has passed out or Stephen has passed out because Kanshu has been bound by the other gods. And we see that at the beginning where they're taking his, um, I don't know, you you would think that I would have looked that word up before we got on here because I know it's in the back of my mind. I just can't think of it. I did and I, and I forgot. But they took, his, they took his, his statue and they put it in a room with a whole bunch of other statues. I'm like, damn, how many gods did y'all bind? Like, what did they do? It was a, a whole room full of them. But well, Egypt is one of those countries that they've got a, a god or goddess for everything. I mean, there's a goddess for like drinking straws. I mean, that's how many gods they have. <laughs> Not actually a drinking straw, but you know what I mean. And the way they look proves that either children made up how they looked or they had the really, really, really good weed in the valley because they, they made up like, okay, let's give them hippo feet. Uh, alligator head and a human body or let's oh, yeah. give him a human head and a lion's body and make him yep. tow riddles and yep. just like that that all that shit sounds like they were hot like all oh, that yeah. shit like you're hired to like what the hell's wrong with you people like y'all y'all supposed to be like the like egyptians are supposed to like um, discover mathematics and do all this other and make and you know you built pyramids and, and nobody knows how you still don't know how you did it and yet this is what you come up with for people you work like you come up with alligator-headed women with attitudes like that's so sexist like what the hell is wrong outside the box obviously (laughs) outside the smoke box yeah the hot box that's what it was but anyway so um as Layla is trying to get Steve and Mark to wake up you know some of Harold's people come after her and she has to try to evade her first of all the guys are in a truck and she evades them by crawling into their truck and hiding in the back these idiots don't know how to get out and like check they're like they're driving around the truck like where is she y'all didn't think to look inside not that i want her to get caught but Monaco, those are henchmen don't right. don't don't, okay. don't don't put your don't put too much thought into what they're thinking mm-hmm. because okay. they're only there for that they're only there for five minutes and they're gonna be gone you gotta think about that like the level of, of intellect is, is not not very high. Yeah, you, know, you, ain't, you ain't gotta strain your brain for that. There's no point in it. They, they're only gonna check three sides of the car. They're not gonna check the back and they're not gonna and then they, and then they think they think that she's gonna go on the other side of the car and stop because the, the because the flare's still there and then they're like, the flare's there but she's not there. Where is it? And then she throws a flare into a box of bullets and the bullets explode. Now, here's the crazy thing about that. And I know I'm probably like stretching my brain again. I'm not sure that's how bullets work. So, well, I mean. <laughs> just, I'm just saying. I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a flare. It's but like no, flares don't burn thing. hot enough to, well, to trigger bullets. Well, here, here's the other thing. So as they're driving, like I said, they're driving from one end. She's in front of the, oh, she's in front of the car. And we see the bullets kind of bouncing around in the back. How did she hear them? Like, that's what it made it seem like. Like, we see the visual of the bullets, you know, kind of bouncing around in the truck. And she does this like, oh, that's what I can do. Are you, Again. Okay. Okay, look, this is, this is they, they needed a way for them to evade 
to get to evade them and get going to the dig site. So they were like, uh, have them drive around and throw a flare in there, have the bullets explode, then have I them guess get so. going. I guess just, so. you know, again, you're spending way too much time thinking about that. This is your, you're only going to hurt yourself. I'm just I'm trying, I'm looking out for you. I'm trying to help. I, I, I got it. I guess so. I guess so. Anyway, because, because it does it doesn't make sense. I agree. It makes it makes no sense. That whole thing didn't make no sense at all. Nope. None of that. So it's like I, I pretty much was like, uh, y'all done? Okay, let's go. That's okay. Then we'll we get. We'll <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Right. So Layla does what Layla is apparently good at doing, which is whipping folks' ass, because like you said, she throws a flare in the box of bullets and the whole truck explodes and people fall out the truck. That's and a pretty good shot too. She threw a flare and it went over end over end and landed directly perfectly in the box of bullets. I'm telling you, there's something special about that chick. I don't know what it is yet, but she is doing some extraordinary things for, you know, uh, for a, I don't know, a, a regular human. I guess that's what we're calling them now because <laughs> you have the regular humans and you have the, the superpowered beings. So right. she's doing some extraordinary shit for a regular human, you know? Yeah. She's got really good hearing. Or really good aim and really good everything. Uh-uh. You know, it's yeah. like... And good reflexes, good fighting skills, etc., etc., etc. A good bullshit what, what what do they call that? A Mary Sue? Is is that what she is? No. <laughs> Never mind. I'm, I'm surprised. Mean. I'm I'm just surprised she didn't yell Kobe when she threw the, threw the flare. She's like oh, Kobe. Geez. No. So anyway, she's doing all of this, and 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 Stephen is up. He's not dead, like I, you know, kind of sort of thought. I was a little bit confused about the last episode, but so he's alive, and you know they get back in their vehicle they're going to find Amit's tomb and they have a conversation because you know Layla's trying to figure out like what what the hell is going on and you know Steven tells her about the deal that he and Mark have yeah we're gonna we're gonna finish this you know technically speaking you know Kanshu is gone so we had already said that we would separate once Kanshu was gone she was like um you, you you don't think I need to know that like one part of you is my husband still. So I kind of need to know what's going on. Like, he's just going to disappear out of my life. And <laughs> Steven's like, well, wasn't he like gone from your life already? And I was like, Steven, that's not like, that's not the way to get the girl because it's obvious he has a crush on her at this point. But that's when he tells her, he's like, look, Mark has been pushing you away because Kanshu plans to make you his next avatar. He's not going to let that happen. And you're skipping. I, okay, what did I skip? He I, didn't, mean, I thought I thought he didn't say that until after she tried to kiss him. No, she said he said it in the um he said it beginning. in the truck, and the she tried beginning. to kiss him because of the fact that she was like, "Well, you're the honest one. I'm okay. watching it in the background." Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go on. Uh, I'm not gonna get into. Never mind. What? You know what? I'm just gonna say it. Say it, Lord. I'm not gonna get into. I'm not gonna go into the fact that she's literally cheating on her husband, her own husband, with her husband. I mean, well, technically, uh, I mean, kind of. It's the same person. <laughs> it's the guy. I mean, she even said she said he smelled just like him. 
So right. it's like yeah, I mean, she's not actually cheating. You have to go by your senses. Well, you have I, to trust your me. senses. Mark doesn't look at it that way. <laughs> he punched himself out. That was funny as shit. <laughs> oh, oh, that was fun. Oh, jealous much? Oh my god. That he's literally jealous of himself. That 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 just and that then just he gets threw, threw himself down the hole. I, mean, I know, right? Think about what Steven said. Steven's like, well, you left her. You, you, you didn't want to be with her trying to protect her or whatever, but you, you're you gone. So he was like, oh, you, oh, you have a crush on my wife now, huh? He was like, yeah, if I need, if I need, a, I need a recipe for a smoothie, I'll call you. Other than that, just stay there. Right. <laughs> but it, it, that whole, it that whole situation was hilarious it was it was it was it was and and it's like so kiss my wife <laughs> <laughs> so we're loving her now he was like you know we've been through this before so have i it's same body in it so technically speaking <laughs> even might have already you know <laughs> never know i mean i'm just this is getting into so the many same. different areas that are just like God. Oh, they man. they brought it up, and I thought the multiverse was confusing. Damn, this is funny because at this point, you, you know, Mark is pissed off, and he's the one that's in the mirror this time. And Steven is just like, Look, we don't need you. You said that you were going to be gone when Kashu, when Kashu left, so why are you still here? He was like, Oh, are you, you know, he was like, I don't need you anymore. Layla's got my back. He's like, what? Are you in love with my wife? Look, you can go. We're fine. And the funny thing is that Mark can't take control of the body. Again, like I said, (laughs) Stephen is getting stronger because I think previous to all this, if Mark wanted to take the body back, he would just took the body back. He can't do that anymore because Steve is so self-aware now. Steve is like, yeah, you know what? I got this. We got this. This is my territory. Uh, I, I'm the one that knows about the Egyptian stuff and all this, this you know, archaeology stuff. You stay on there in the background. You, you know, you didn't want to be out here anyway. You didn't want to be with her. You, you wanted a divorce. So you just stay in there. We're just going to handle it. And it's, you know, watching him because again, obviously Stephen is not very uh, comfortable around women and so Layla is sitting here putting together his harness and the way the camera is moving it's just it's very suggestive it's very suggestive this whole episode is just like you smell like him I was like don't do it Layla Layla don't do it don't do it don't do it this is not the time to be conflicted about okay so am I in love with my husband or am I in love with the man who's also inside my husband like no that we don't need to do that right now. You have bigger fish to fry. <laughs> I, I got, I got, I got one, one little question. If we could just back up just a tiny bit, when they're they're doing the harness thing, and they show a cut where they back away and they specifically focus on something that looks like a staff on the ground. What is that? That was the weapon that the um the mummies are using to and uh, to take out their um then the guts of the people and put them in the jars because there's one when they That's go in like, oh okay yeah, all right is. okay because yeah, i was you know, i was wondering if that okay what's i forget yeah. what that's called because there's another one in there when when they're in when they're in the tomb and he gets the one guy and does that and does that like cuts him mm-hmm, takes it mm-hmm. and puts it in a jar 
is the same weapon. It's the same kind of weapon thingy. So I'm looking yeah. at this weapon and I'm thinking about. Uh, uh, here we go again with the mummy. The mummy. I'm thinking about Evie <laughs> when she's talking about they stick it up in your nose and they swirl it all about and they mm-hmm. yank it. it <laughs> okay, so so like I said, I felt like I was watching the mummy during this episode, but I was I was curious because I was like, why are they specifically showing that? Because you know they never show anything that's not like never used. Because we'll see. They knew we were going to see it again. Yeah, that's that's, yeah, that's a good indication. Yep. Oh, and and by the way, the little figurine is called Ushabti. Yes, that. Thank you. Okay, there you go. It was like right there on the tip of my brain, and I couldn't remember what it was. But yeah, these um, these little um, suggestive camera positionings and all this stuff like steven sitting there i have to say i feel like i've been waiting for this my whole life and then layla's head come up i was like y'all this is a disney plus show i mean this whole no this whole show was like way above a lot of most of the aspects of the show are way above what disney plus shows i know i know that's why we have a mature rating (laughs) i had i had to look and be like did sam Raimi direct this one too like what the hell like it the, felt like it, especially it all really this, did. all this tomb stuff right here was, was yeah. Sam Raimi. Oh man! Uh, yeah. But that, but the I swear I, the funniest part is like I keep replaying it, like like Steve looking down there, like yeah, I kissed it, and all of a sudden, like yeah. And you're right, Mike. I made a mistake. Uh, the part that they were talking about in the car was when he was talking about Mark was supposed to leave and let steven have full control of the body once right. they were done with Konshu. so okay. yes he it was when she was trying to kiss him that he said mark's trying to protect you from Konshu, and she's like what I'm like steven you don't have like your timing sucks the worst the absolute worst I mean, time is like right there he's like i can't get that he was trying to be i don't know he was trying to be uh chivalrous chivalrous loyal honest. he was just he was just being honest it's like he had he has like his conscience wouldn't let him go through with it without saying well she has to know you know i can't i can't do this like i'm not that i'm not that kind of guy I'm right still know. because at this point she thinks mark is just planning on leaving her and she's i think a little pissed off about that which is understandable and so yeah and then she's like yeah you know I guess you know you're the honest one. And she was like, "Yeah, be oh no, what 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 did she say? I guess that's your thing." And he says, "What being honesty?" And she said, "Yeah, being honesty." And um, then he kisses her, and I was like, "Oh, okay, so this is where we're going." Uh, then that was that was so awkward. It's like she is like her. He has her head turned. And she was kind of like like turning away, then turned back, and it was just like like Ooh. because I think she was like. I want to do this, but no, I don't want to do this. But he looks and smells like my husband, but he's not actually my husband. I think she was conflicted. You know what I'm saying? She's like, I I don't know how to feel about this. I'm confused. But Mark knows how to feel about it because that shit was funny. That shit was funny. Like, Mark was able to get control of that body then. Seconds, but that was all he needed. <laughs> that was awesome, man. Oh, man. He just caught him and then threw him down. He was, he was like, "Mummy!" Was like, <clears throat> but yeah, was- so many mummy vibes with this one because when she comes down, they they see the feet of one of the statues, and I was like, 
horse. Okay. Cause that, I mean, that's what it was in the mummy, but you know, <laughs> this part of the story, I think was really good for Steven to be a part of because he was able to figure all this out. You know, this is kind of his thing. This is his specialty. This is the thing that he's like really great at. So he's able to identify all this stuff. And I don't know how the hell he figured out the, the, the maze was the, the, I, I, I don't understand that because he just, he was just sitting there looking like, oh, and then he just starts drawing. And he's like, yeah, it's the eye and da, da, da. And, and I'm sitting here like, who, who figures this stuff out? What do you mean? He has a lot of time on his hands. I, I, I guess so. All he studied was the right. all Egyptian stuff. I guess. Yeah, Egyptology. But yeah, if you study Egyptology long enough, you know, you start, you know, putting stuff together. So I was more amazed at the fact that, you know, they were showing the reflective, you know, uh, symbol and all that. I mean, you know, if now if, if there was nothing to go on and there were no clues and he just stood in the room and just, you know, intuitively said, go left, then I would have questioned it more. But I thought it was cool the way that they did it. Yeah. I, I was amazed at all of the ambient lighting in this. Tomb. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just, you, know, you know what I'm saying? It's that's, like, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, a, it's you know, a lot of sunlight. <laughs> yes, it's like natural sunlight. Yeah, it's like all the skylights that are like right there that you can like see through the don't outside. Do your, yes. Don't do your eyes at me like that because that's the way my third grade teacher used to look at folks when they said something ridiculous. She would literally pull her glasses down and look over like this, and we all know, okay, leave Miss Jones alone. I mean, the, it's like the the convenient explanation is that. They're already down there digging and looking, so they probably set up lights everywhere. So, there explained. Well, no, because even looking at it, there's there's some areas where it looks L- like there is sunlight, just this, a little bit, but this. like also okay, okay, let's, they let's have move the, on. they have the flashlights. Let's move on. Exactly, they're flashlights. They probably let's dropped them when the mummies came in, took their guts. So <laughs> they're everywhere. <laughs> they're flashlights everywhere. Listen no, that, that just them two, and the, the rest of it is like kind of dark. But when they when they flash the flashlight, it kind of it kind of uh, illuminates. Yeah, yeah it's reflecting. Here. It's reflecting off their clothing and their skin. He's yeah. just sitting here drawing yeah. the eye, and I'm like, how in the world? And then, of course, I think when he puts the flashlight down on the um on the stone, it's like reflecting that eye back up to the ceiling, and that's when he's figuring out oh okay well you know what they start talking about Emmett oh her final figure was a pharaoh so what is this this is a map and he starts going to the thing he says so the eye of Horus is also the eye of mine and then he starts going through all this other stuff and they're like oh yeah so you know she's right here probably where the tongue is because her avatar is is you know her mouth is is her voice and I was like I obviously didn't pay as much attention in school as that. They ain't teach it. You know, good damn well, they ain't teach none of this shit in Fulton County schools. No, no, they no, didn't. no, we're not going there. They we're not did. doing that. No. Especially no, not in did. the 80s and 90s. Especially they not in teach this There's in no any thing. school anywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, they don't. They don't, they don't do that. Yeah, you had to learn this show on your own. Yeah, which, but which, you know, a certain someone studied. I mean, no, I mean, because, you know, like, like you said, like, 
we didn't learn this stuff in school, but like Discovery Channel, History Channel, you see a lot of this stuff on there. And I, I know, especially like my late teens, early 20s, when my kids were younger, I used to sit and watch this stuff all the time. It's been a long time, but I'm just like sitting here watching this is so interesting because you're seeing all of this history and you know that this is stuff that actually exists you know right but again yeah. we don't get we don't really get taught about it you know I well, think they it, may it, teach them a little bit more in schools now nowadays but not not no, nearly really. in, yeah well back back in the day they well it's still going on in Chicago they have this wonderful school called the Oriental Institute and what it is it is a school of history and archaeology mainly Middle Eastern uh, African and uh, Asian, and it's they offer everything from Egyptology to Mayan culture to you know so museum curatorship. Still one of the top schools, and basically this is all they teach. You can literally go there for four years and get a college degree, knowing this stuff. And you know, and like I said, it's been around for almost seventy years. It's one of the best schools in the country, as far as if you want to be a history, archaeology, anthropology geek. Hey, Ed, you want to put your militant hat on and be like, they didn't want to teach us that we was kings. I don't even think he needs to put the militant hat on. I, I mean, need it's, to do it's that. a fact. <laughs> you know? I, I'm just waiting for us to get to the chunks of meaty bits on the table. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> like, you had no better, no better ex description than that, but you know what? I can't say anything because I've been brain farting the last two episodes and I've been saying things quite similar to Steven so yeah the 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 meaty bits and the chunks and the blood and bones and all the other gross stuff on the um on the little platform and then you go under and you have the jars and again mummy vibes I was like oh yeah that's not a good sign especially when you see fresh blood coming out of those jars and like, meaty bits <laughs> yep no that's when it's time for you to go but of course, they can't quite do that because they're looking for something in, in particular. So, you know, the Ushapti. The Ushapti, yes. But they're talking about all the, the, the guards that were buried and they were like, yeah, so they were put here to guard the Pharaoh and hmm, look, there's fresh blood and meaty bits and stuff. That don't tell you that maybe you need to get the hell off? No, they see something up top and they're like, oh, we need to go up there and see if there's another exit. I just, like, what about being in a creepy par uh, pyramid? Fascinating to be sure, but creepy nonetheless. You just came across fresh blood, fresh blood. That's the time for you to go. And actually, shout out, actually, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. But shout out, shout out to Stephen for recognizing when, when she, when Layla wanted to follow the trail of blood. He was like, uh, "Excuse me, um, see that the, that there's a trail of blood going that way. I don't think we should actually go that way. Blood Let's go. and bones and bones. Let me find, I'll, and bones. This actually going down. I'll find another way out. Like that that doesn't have blood trailing from it. Like yeah, but uh, he went up. And there was somebody's hand with skin grafted onto it. And it looked a little bit like snake skin to me. I don't know if that's what it was, but it 
very clearly wasn't human. Yeah. And again, this is a hand and you've got kind of bloody bits up there too, but there is another door and Steven is like, oh, okay, well, we do have another exit, but then you hear some commotion down at the bottom and uh, yeah, that's not going to work. You hear the guns firing in the distance and then one of these creepy little guard guys comes in with um i think it was the dude that harold told you know when they first found amit's tomb he was like we found her we found her and dude was like yeah yeah bet you wish you to stay at home that day huh <laughs> I, I like how he said there's gunshots like what are they shooting at you know <laughs> they're shooting at something right and it's obviously not them because they don't even know they're there. So I don't know. Maybe it could have been some other Tomb Raiders. Nah. The fate of the world is at stake. You got to do what you got to do. They ain't doing all that. No. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm going to have to backtrack. I ain't trying to be, you know. No. Right. I mean, so, I'm, not, I'm, not try, I'm not trying to be bloody bits on a table. I'm trying to, like, you know. Be a whole person. I'm trying, I'm trying to be a whole, the whole me that I want that I can be. The whole me. Entire. Well, that dude who ended up on the table, he didn't have quite that look. That sucks. Because I mean he and, he, and he was still he was still alive too. It's like like he was cutting, he was taking his stuff out, and he was like, uh like he, he didn't even he I, I would have screamed a little bit. Damn, like you know. I, I think maybe at some point the pain is too great, you just can't say shit i mean i would i wouldn't know i've never been in that position and probably will never be in that (laughs) position because i'm not going looking for anything in a pyramid that i'm not supposed to be in period i'm curious i'm not that curious like i'll i'll go to egypt and look at the pyramids of giza from the outside i don't need to go inside i don't need that kind of curse following me tracking me no mm mm-mm I don't need to be <laughs> running through caverns and falling at, you know, falling and, and catching myself because I don't have the upper arm strength that Layla apparently has. That's not going to work for me. No, there, there's no way, you know, my foot falls. I'm down at the bottom of that cavern. If there is even a bottom of that cavern. No. I mean, she's incredibly strong and athletic. I'm just saying. I mean, she had to pull herself up by her fingers. Like, yeah, no, couldn't be me. I'd be, I'd, I'd be down at the bottom of the cavern. I'd be, I'd be protecting. So uh, the next time one of y'all come in, I'll be the one that's like chasing y'all as a mummy or whatever, ghost, whatever. Mm-mm. I don't know. I, I told you there's I mean, something I, I, special I, I, about this I, girl. I mean, I'd, I'd be I'd be crying as I hit you in the head with a shovel. Like, I'm sorry, Monica. <laughs> no, why? I don't I don't know if y'all ever played the video game Tomb Raider, but she was giving me a yeah. lot of Laura Croft vibes. She was mm. she was giving those off heavy. Yeah, yeah, I can yeah. see that. But again, I mean, it's, there's something special about this girl because she's just like she's avoiding death in so many ways in this episode. Okay, when the invasion of the body snappers happened, when she went in the three, two, three times, I was like, "Come on, you're not dead yet." <laughs> I mean, okay, first of okay, first of all, 
Can we can we see how much of a nope that whole ledge was? Absolutely not. Oh yeah. I would have been like, you know what? No. But you know what? That ledge was like eight inches, eight inches long. I'm like, my my feet are like I wear a size eleven. I I don't I don't see that happening. Like, no. Okay, but if you have to choose between the ledge and the mummified creature that's I'm, grabbing you. I, that's grabbing at you, yes. I might have to go with the ledge, but yeah, because because she's no, backing up and that thing snatched her, and she comes out Couple and times. snatches her. First, it, first it was reaching. First it reached out and almost grabbed her at first. Then she then she went to the side and thought she was safe. Then it was like, Wah. yeah. When it, when it snatched her back, I was like, oh, she gone. I had to pause she, it at that point because when it snatched her the first time, I was like, oh. Then she came out and it snatched her again. I paused. I said, nope, nope. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, see, if that would have been me, I would have just had a heart attack and been done with, you know, just like done. But, but yes. I mean, seriously, it kept grabbing her and it kept grabbing her. I was like, nope. This is why I don't watch the mummy right there. And then, I had, and then I had to pause and I was like, mm-mm. Then when she came out, she had this lower arm in her hand and she was like, oh, God. Then it came out and tried to stab her with the rest of the bone. I was like, oh, come on, man. Like, I mean, it was oh god, and then she like, gets rid of it with a flare. Like those flares are coming then in. Then she flare, saved herself flares are coming like, in. again with a flare. Yeah, but yeah. I and mean, she goes it was over it was with it. Yeah, and I'm looking at it now. She's literally holding onto it like this and pulling mm-hmm. herself up. Mm-hmm. First of all, first core. I weigh entirely no. That's more than core. That's that's fucking like I don't know adrenaline drugs something something no, no. Yeah. the way my body is currently situated I'm just gonna be like uh, I'll just be dead <laughs> I'll just be dead like I said I would have had a hard time just been done with it you know one of those where you you're out of your body you look at yourself go well I had a good run I would, no, I would, I mean, I would heart yeah, attack I would, probably is the quicker way to go <laughs> exactly I would let go and try try to land on the mummy that way it would like cushion me a little bit like, did we even hear if that mummy hit the bottom like was there we didn't even, we didn't even see where the where the flare she dropped down there hit so no there's like that shit just went and went and went that's what that's why I would I was seeing the flare and see it just grab but like screw it we'll square up let's go I would just square it up but like look okay so 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 here's my question. And I know none of you have ever been inside the pyramids. So maybe I'm just being rhetorical. Nah. But unless, well, first of all, they got into the tomb or into the pyramid by going under, right? They went underground and entered it there. Mm-hmm. So I'm assuming they're already on the bottom of the pyramid. So where are the fuck is that cavern going and how far down into the ground it's like who the did aliens really construct the pyramids because i can't well, figure that out <laughs> well well structurally uh that's incorrect because you've got think about what it's sitting on it's sitting on sand and if you have that much space underneath the sand isn't going to support itself even if there is a layer of bedrock it would have collapsed hundreds of years ago so this is one of those take your brain out, make believe. Unless they had it backed up against an underground cavern, what was just naturally into like a cave at the back of the pyramid, then I could see that happening. Aliens, I'm calling it. <laughs> <laughs> I 
There, there is an, there is an explanation somewhere, but aliens. our podcast is not long enough. <laughs> One word, aliens. That's it. I don't. That's it. Aliens. Yeah. A callback to one of my favorite shows, Ancient Aliens. <laughs> I mean, I mean, you could. I mean, maybe that. Maybe that's why they built it because people kept walking and walking along the desert and falling in the sand, falling in the hole. They're like, we gotta do something about this. And they're like, you know what? Let's well, just build a building on top of it. That's perfect. Then when Apophis and Ball showed up from Stargate for SG One, and they had Daniel Jackson go down into the pyramid, <laughs> what happened? It was the goal. <laughs> I was wondering when a Stargate reference was going to make sorry, it into sorry, this podcast sorry. for this. Show. I I resisted as long as I could. <laughs> It was a Apophis. <laughs> that would actually make quite a bit of sense. But again, aliens, because we found out that's that's all they were, aliens. So I'm still exactly. right. Well, if you go by Eternals, then um, aliens. Yeah. So yes, I'm right. And maybe the maybe the whole aliens. went to the Babylon Gardens. You know. I mean, I, and they, a, we're in a strange a strange V shaped V shaped ship. I, I'm just saying. That thing fell over with a, a lit flare in its head and it just disappeared. We didn't hear it hit anything, I don't think. We we didn't see nope. the light still because that flare should have stayed lit for a few minutes. So we should have been able to see it. So that tells me that cavern is pretty far down. Absolutely not. No, thank you. You know, I commend Layla on her her hand strength and her upper body strength and her core strength that got her out of that cavern because no the kid would have been dead no not the kids and if you remember in indiana jones in the last crusade mm-hmm. there was a cavern in there too under that pyramid as well there was a cavern yeah except it had yeah but that had, was a different terrain though it had, it had a hidden terrain. bridge on it oh wait yeah wait spoiler alert yeah. sorry i didn't mean spoiler right alert. yeah but see that was in a different part of 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 the world though i mean that was that was more uh middle east where the land is a little bit more stable as far as building structures and stuff so yeah it's not as loose as as egyptians uh is especially the closer you get to the now which you know valley of the Kings. so Mm. so okay so like we said layla escapes near death and she comes face to face with harrow and let me tell you harrow does not seem bothered in the least that his men are shooting at things that technically should not be chasing after them. He's just sitting there all calm, like, yeah, you made it. That's why, that's why he he's brought not, all those people. He brought all those people's the, the mummies to be concerned with them while he goes and finds Ahmed. He's like, yeah, you don't care about them. He's like, yes, go look over there, look over there, look in there. I heard something. You go over there. I think the tomb's over here. Y'all go there. I'll meet y'all over here. Right. I mean, worse comes to worse. He could call a jackal or two. And I don't know if straight. a jackal would would survive that that cavern. He keep him busy enough. He can just like summon a jackal and walk away. And then they could fight and you know mm. and do whatever they do. And he just he'll just slowly crunch his way back to the tomb. But it's at this part in the show that we find out what I'm guessing is the truth about what happened to Layla's dad. And she had mentioned her dad earlier in the um, episode, like a few scenes back when they first entered 
the the pyramid because um you know of course like I said Stephen was so excited about what they were doing and oh look at all of this blah 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 and you know she mentioned about her dad and how this would have been like a dream for him and she tells uh Stephen that you know her her dad is dead and she doesn't really elaborate on it and we know that she mentioned her dad in the last episode at the beginning when she was getting her passport done. So I figured the truth was going to be come out and it was going to be kind of ugly. So again, how Harold knows all of this shit, I don't know. But he basically gets into Layla's head like, yeah, so Mark has been telling you the truth about what happened to your dad. The first thing he does is when she's leaving, he calls her, he was like, little scarab, isn't that what he used to call you? And then he says Layla's dad's name. And of course, at this point, Layla, I think she knows at this point, she's probably being manipulated, but she can't help herself because she's never really known exactly what happened, you know, how her dad ended up dead. So she goes to talk to Harrow and he was like, yeah, so Mark's not been telling you the truth. He knows what happened to your dad. He, he was he was there. And Layla's like, yeah, you're lying. He's like, okay, well, go ask him. I mean, Harold, again, I, I don't look at him. I don't know if I can look at him as a villain because he's not doing anything exceptionally evil. You know what I'm saying? Like I said in the last episode, he's not, he's not doing it for... Uh, financial gain he's not doing it to rule the world he's not doing it for his own selfish purposes he actually thinks he's doing something that good for the world that's why i say it's not inherently evil because his most evil most evil people think they're doing something for the benefit of well see thanos thought he was benefiting the whole universe we've already had this discussion think about it (laughs) And, and also, and also, he's he's freeing the gods. Thought it was prevalent. It gods. was good that this person like, was bound to a statue for eternity, forever and ever. Amen. Let me tell you what I have learned about gods and their judgment. Don't compare him to compare him to Killmonger. Don't compare him to Killmonger. If you if you think about Killmonger, you think about a lot of the stories that we have been told about gods and stuff. A lot of times their judgment comes because of selfish reasons as well. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I feel like Harrow is not, he's not doing anything because, oh, I just want all these people dead. He really thinks that he's saving humanity. He may have the right idea as far as, okay, yes, humanity needs to be saved. He's not going about it the right, the right way. We've said this about Thanos. We've said this about other villains. Like you may have the right idea, and you may have the right intentions, but the way you're going about it is wrong. That's kind of how I feel about Harold right here. I don't think he's doing this for selfish reasons. I don't think he's doing it. Like I said, he doesn't want to rule the world. He's not looking for glory. He's not looking for that sort of thing. He really thinks that he is helping. It's a twisted mindset, but it's, it doesn't necessarily make him evil. I don't think so. I would agree with you, except for the fact that he uses a lot of deception and 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 lying. And I do understand that. Yeah, where he's not completely, he's not completely honest. Like guys yeah. like Killmonger yeah. was pretty much honest and upfront about what he was doing. 
And Thanos was pretty yeah. honest and upfront and open about what he was he's doing. He's not. He's more manipulative. Harold, not so much. Situation. He's more about you know. Yeah. Trying to. Because if he truly believed what he was doing was right and just, he would say what he was doing, even to the yeah. gods. Like, I'm yeah. right. I don't I understand, understand why y'all are against me. You know, that. Other than that, I I I see your point. And I do think he does believe he's doing the right thing. I just, I, I think he also knows that it's not right. It's not especially right, right. good right. or altruistic. But like even here in this um, scene with Layla, like I don't think that there's any. I don't think he's telling her this information out of malice. You know, it's kind of like, yeah, this is the man that you love, and he's been lying to you, like from you know what we find out later on in the episode literally from jump he's been lying to her or not lying but not telling her the full truth you know i think that i don't know i think that he i think he i mean everything that he says is measured and serves a purpose i think that he the way that he told her it was to get for her and mark to be at odds so that they wouldn't be as focused as they needed to be on stopping him. Right. So I think that 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 was measured and planned. Like everything he does, he doesn't raise his voice. He doesn't, he's not animated. Mm-hmm. He's very measured in everything he does. Mm-hmm. And I think that every, that all this, including somehow the way that he's able to predict the to do it as Miss Cleo thing and reach in the past and pull stuff out and predict things and Tell, tell people whether they're good or bad and all this other shit is like very measured it's like he knows he knows what he's doing and he's going as he's on his cult lead. anyone who has cultish tendencies in my humble opinion is the villain anybody who has who has a group of people following him blindly because of what him or her blindly because of what they say is a villain yeah i, because, I get that mm-hmm because it's like they're, they're because they're saying something they're manip- because they're manipulating people. Cult leaders manipulate people. There's no way around it. There's yeah. no ifs, there's, there's no buts. Their cult leaders are professional manipulators. And if you do that to people who are who aren't as strong of mind enough to be like, fuck you, I'm not doing that shit. It's just it's just like in some ways, Kanchu is a villain because of the way that. Because he has Mark over Barrel, you could tell the way that Mark acted in the second episode. Yeah, where he's like, he doesn't want to be under Kanchu's control anymore. He's like, well, I can go get your wife, and he's like, he's manipulating him. Mm-hmm. So in that way, Kanchu's kind of a villain too. Yeah. So it's like anyone who manipulates someone is a villain. So I just I don't see any way that even though some of the stuff he said, because that's what he does. He can say stuff in a way that sounds great that sounds ideal and that but that's what he's trying to do is convince you that what he's saying is what is real and what you should be doing but that's but he's manipulating you oh yeah no 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 that's what i'm saying he has in a lot of ways he has i feel like his motive maybe at first was what he wanted like he wants to save humanity he thinks that all of the evil and all of the wrongs in the world would be fixed if evil was eliminated i'm not arguing that but the method to his madness what he's doing is wrong you know what i'm saying but i i just 
I just don't know when I think when I think of evil, maybe, maybe, maybe that's just the apologist in me because I try one of the one of my core characteristics is I try to see the best in everybody so I look at those characters a little bit differently like okay you know what he's not just outright like killing people just to be killing people he's not doing it out of joy he's not doing it out of this that and the other he really thinks he's helping people and I get that same thing with Thanos Thanos really thought that he was helping the universe by eliminating half of the population to free up the resources. I get that concept in theory, but is there a way that we could do that without killing all these people? Like just all at once, you know, it's just kind of one of those things where I'm like, okay, you know what? Try to see the best in every situation. So I kind of sort of do that with people, even with evil characters, because I think a lot of times, especially in the Marvel universe, their characters are not just one dimensional characters. And that goes with the good characters. That goes with the bad characters. That goes with the Thanoses and the Arthur Harrows and the Wanda Maximoffs, you know, it's, and the Agathas. It's just kind of like and the Agathas. Director Douches. Huh? I mean, I'm just saying, if you think about Agatha too, <laughs> they tried to kill her because she was more powerful than everybody else. I would be pissed off too. So. But I, I kind of, I kind of think that, I, yeah, I kind of think that Harrow's Endgame isn't necessarily to make everything better. I feel like Harrow's Endgame is to be Amit's avatar. I think that he, I think that he missed, he misses being an avatar. Like he liked the feeling of being an avatar, but he, but when he, when he, he, he wasn't under, he wasn't country's avatar anymore. Maybe he didn't want to be, but then he went back. He was like, I kind of missed that. So he couldn't, he couldn't go back to being, being country's avatar because country already moved on. So he went to try to find another, another God to like, who can I find that I, that I can serve under? Because maybe that's maybe that's his fatal flaw is that he needs somebody to need him to speak for him. Like he needs to be somebody's avatar. He needs to be someone's mouthpiece. Like that or, that that was maybe, maybe that's the way that he found purpose. And so he went to Amit, good or bad. He, she's like, sure, I can, I'll do that for you, but you got to free me first. So he's or like, okay. Maybe he has this. Maybe his personality flaw is that. He is a judgmental person and he needs something to excuse that part of him. Like when he they was justified. Conscious, yeah, when he was conscious avatar, he was punishing the people who had created, you know, sin or evil or whatever. And when he split from conscious, whether conscious cast him out or whether he found a way to get out of it, whatever, he's already mentioned that conscious well we've already we've already heard him mention about Amit and how she judges people she judges people before they've ever committed something maybe he was just like oh okay we'll go from one end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum like I can still sit here and judge people and punish people for being evil but now I can do it before they you know before they've done it and I can justify it so, I mean, uh -huh. it can, like I said, I have a, I have a tendency to look at the best in people and to try to, 
to try to explore all sides of their argument. And I find myself doing this a lot with uh, characters. I think I've mentioned it a couple of times on this uh, podcast where, you know, there are characters in some of my other fandoms that people are having huge debates on, on whether or not these characters are redeemable or if they're evil or not. So it's one of those things where I try, especially with the Marvel series, like, like I said, they give you characters and these characters are supposed to be evil. But then when you flesh them out, you find out that's not always necessarily the case. We saw that with, um, we saw that with Bucky Barnes, you know, we saw that he was being manipulated to be evil, but we know that that's not who he was as a person. We see it with um, Wanda in WandaVision because of everything that she's gone through and what she ended up doing in Westview. So it's just kind of one of those things where I'm like, okay, so is he like, is he really evil or is he misguided? And I think right now at this point, I, I kind of sort of feel like he's more misguided than evil. But then when I think about what you said, Mike, as far as the cultist attitude, yeah, you, you kind of changed my mind a little bit because that is exactly what they do. You know, they, they manipulate people and they, they get people on their side to do a certain thing. But I think if it was just him and him not being spoken to through a quote unquote higher power, I think I would probably go more with evil, but I think right now I feel like he's not necessarily being controlled, but I feel like he's being influenced by somebody else. And that's why I don't think he's like totally evil because he's being influenced. So. Yeah. But I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think he was, he was already broken because we know they constantly likes right it's easier to manipulate broken people and he knows that but i think he's still trying he's trying to figure out a way this is his way of atoning for what he did as conscious avatar and and i think that that may have been the source of why he broke with conshu is just that he realized this isn't this isn't what he really wants to do and he understood that yeah you're using me because i'm broken right And I need to figure out a way to fix myself. And this is him trying to figure out how to fix himself. I don't think we've heard yet in this series why he and Khonshu are not We haven't. I'm just just speculating that that he would leave him because Khonshu wouldn't, I don't think Khonshu would fire him because he was doing what what he was supposed to do. Okay. But I can see him leaving when he realized that this this wasn't for him. I think for I think for, like this wasn't working for, for lack him. of a better term this the, the whole thing with Harrow is kind of like a pyramid scheme because you have like yeah Harold you have Harrow's followers who are who are beholden to him and you have Harrow who's beholden to Amit so it's like they're they're ba- they're basically it's basically okay. the levels that they're going up it's like he, like everybody sees Harrow as you know the second coming and Harrow sees Amit as the penultimate so they're each each of them are acting the same way to each other so it's like it's that's how they're kind of stacking up okay yeah but Harrow is is going by blind faith because he doesn't really know where Amit wants because Amit's been in prison he hadn't talked to her I'm thinking but I mean how how would he he can't communicate with him I think there's some there's some way he's communicating with her. There's some Everything way he has. Yeah, how does 
he have the power he, that's he, in the he, um he the, the cane? If he is, because you see that the cane, well, we don't know this yet, but everything he knows, I think he gathered from Kanshi. Okay, that would make sense. You know, every in in his conversation with Kanshu, Kanshu's like, oh yeah, this is this is what happened, and this is what happened with Avatar, and, you know, all this, and he probably did his research on it, just like Stephen would do his research on it, right? Okay. So, and all he once he left, all he had to do was find any artifact that belonged to an Avatar of Kanshu. Hmm. Yeah, and and that's what he did. He found yeah, I just an artifact. Okay. Oh, you mean Emmett? Okay, yeah. I mean, yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But um, okay, I didn't mean I didn't mean for us to go on that long tangent. I was just, <laughs> but um, it's a, it's an interesting discussion now. Yeah, because Hera, I would say Ethan Hawke did an amazing job as his character. Um, just as equivalent as Oscar Isaac. Between these yeah. two, I mean, it's it's brilliant. Yeah, they both nailed it. They mm-hmm. both are. Yep. And and it's a testament to Ethan Hawke's acting ability that we get so many different levels of how complicated Hero is, mm-hmm. how complex his character is. Yeah. He's he you're right, he's just not a cut and dry, you know, villain. He actually has a lot of depth to his character. Yeah. Yeah, his his evil league of evil speech literally gave me chills. I mean, it was the the pacing, the menacing, it, it was amazing. You know, I mean, yeah, and, and and let's face it, this is a very small cast. It's basically three people. You know, yeah. it, it's Layla, it, it's 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 Mark slash Steven and Harold. I mean, that's basically it. Yeah, yeah. But you know, like I was saying, he basically tells Layla in this conversation, yeah, you know. I know the truth about your dad and Mark does too. He's kind of keeping some stuff from you. And she's like, so you're telling me that he was there. Yeah, pretty much. That's what I'm telling you. And she, of course, denies it, but there's something in in her demeanor that kind of, you know, you can kind of see she's not even believing her own denial. So she leaves to go try to find Mark and, and get that sorted out. And in the meantime, while they're having this conversation, Stephen is making a huge discovery because he has found the burial chamber for the pharaoh of that pyramid, and it happens to be Alexander the Great. And I was sitting here like, oh, oh, okay. Yeah, because we we don't really, we don't know where he's buried. Right. Yeah. But it makes sense, though, you know, that it, it might be over in that, you know, vicinity you know so that was cool i mean you know the library and, and the placement of that and all that so yeah that was that kind of blew me away because i was expecting it to be a traditional you know pharaoh so that was yeah. kind of cool yeah but it's so funny because we were talking about the mummy earlier and you know steven's there and he's getting ready to open it. he was like everything in me is telling me not to open this thing and then mark was like well do you want harold to get to Ahmed first he's like no okay, I'm going to open this thing. And I was like, okay, you know better than anybody. Don't be opening shit. But of course, again, he kind of has to if he's to find this Ushapti of Amit. And not only does he have to open this and look at the mummy, 
he he of course figures it out that oh okay so alexander the great was amit's voice where better to hide her ushapti than and then he breaks his jaw and he's apologizing to the mummy the whole time and i'm sitting here looking like as an archaeologist or as a wannabe archaeologist steven you should be disgusted with yourself for desecrating this grave in this way but that's not all he does he breaks the jaw and then he has to stick his hand all the way down his throat to get this ushapti now Am I the only person who was waiting for the mummy to like rise up or or bite his arm or do something? I was expecting all of this stuff. Oh, like like I was waiting for it. Yeah, like uh, even when okay. he broke his jaw, I was just like, oh, dude. oh, sorry, Mister Great. <laughs> like, dude, that's not his last name. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. <sighs> Alexander the Great. Right. <laughs> But I can't, Im- I don't even want to imagine what it's like sticking your hand down the throat of a mummy. Because all of the, all of the mummies that I've seen, uh, you know, exhumed and brought up, they still, I, flesh. Mm, they're not, they're not moist. Yeah. They're dry. They're dry. Yeah. They're dry. It's not moist. Yeah. It, it may look shiny, but and and wet, but it's not. They're dry. That's, that's if anything, it would, it would it would disintegrate. You know. Yeah. But, you know, but no, no, no hand sanitizer in the world is is enough for that. <laughs> it's not gonna make it's, it's not gonna make you feel any better. No. <laughs> no. No. You scrub well, all you want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at least it didn't look like uh, Imhotep, but oh, still, man. it's like. Mm. Well, you know the, the the thing is, is that if if you really you know ever want to, I don't know if they're they're still doing it, but back in, I think they might be doing it, but not, not now. But back in the day, uh, at the back of Archaeology Magazine, because you know everybody used to read Archaeology Magazine back in the day, they used to have these tour ads, and for like fifteen hundred dollars, this is back in ninety two, ninety one, ninety two, for fifteen hundred dollars, you could go on a dig and be an intern for like six weeks and they do them in Arizona, Wyoming, and some of them do them in Egypt and stuff. I never went, never had the money or the gut. Okay. I had the money, but I didn't have the guts. And so, but you, they would take people to do that sort of thing. Right. And they still do, I suppose. But the thing of it is, is that you didn't have to be a history major or archeology span or anthropology. And they would just take you, you pack up your backpack and you know, you take your little MREs and, and you go and you know, it's it's one of those things where you learn different things you learn how to lay out the grid and you know how to learn how to do all the the the, you know the way that they mark it off and stuff and they teach you some really cool skills that you can put on your resume later my thing is that even if i had done that i don't think i would stick my hand anywhere near anything without at least two gloves uh uh, the specificus guard and and a face shield that's i'm not i'm not not cracking open the moment no we, I mean, we, you, we have you keep saying in. it's dry, but there's literally, if you put the closed captions on when he's in his throat, the closed caption says squelchy. Yes. 
You well, don't get squelching it's, from it's, dry. It's, it's going to be dry. Well, one of the things that we did <laughs> when I one of the things, how do you know? Have you ever dug <laughs> down the throat of a mummy before? No, but what? what no, X-rayed. We, we know how it works. Back in grad <laughs> school. Back, not wet. back in grad school, we used to we used to uh, do this thing where we had this X-ray machine. I worked on. I I went to University of Illinois um, at Springfield and. Uh, I was in grad school there for the history program, uh, archiving and library science. And one of the things that we used to do is we worked with Abraham Lincoln's uh, items and papers a lot. And we had the four scores and seven years ago speech and we had to clean it. And one of the things that they do is they put these things under these x-rays and then they have this process called encapsulation where they put in basically like a plastic bubble thing and then they suck the air out. Um, that would be something on Paramount of what you would do on the site if you want to examine or do something like with the tongue i mean nowadays it's such that you don't even have to do that they can x-ray it they can microscope it they can laser it they can have a robot to go down and do it for you so yeah if if anyone would ever do it you would do it outside <laughs> the pyramid sitting in an air conditioner with a drone yeah but you probably don't have someone like arthur harrow after you as well while you're doing all of that so now there there is a circumstance where depending on how they embalmed them, this is true. Like if they use, if if they just happen to use honey, mm-hmm. um, there would be scorching because yeah. you know, honey is honey, and if you put it in the right environment, it doesn't right. It, it, yeah, it, yeah, it stays yeah. honey forever. Yeah. That's true. And and how they did the mummification process, how many days did they do it? You know, it's it's a it's a number of things. Yes, I so realize I, I I'll give you there's a slight chance there might be squelching, but it, it just depends on what they what they used. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Anthony. But the thing of it is it's just so fascinating. It's just fascinating. It really is. I mean, you know, I'm like you. I could spend sometimes days just, you know, going through that stuff when I was a kid. Yeah, but I think sticking my hand down a mummy's throat was probably where I would draw. Dry or otherwise. <laughs> Dry or otherwise. Just, no. Or opening the containers where they put the body parts. Mm-mm. That's what I wouldn't want I would add, that. Okay, I've seen enough <laughs> movies to know that that's something you don't fuck with. No, I wouldn't even touch them. I'd just be like, yeah, okay. Keep on going. I don't even have to take pictures of those. Mm-mm. No, Mm-mm. there's just like I said, I want to go to Egypt. It's on my bucket list. I want to see the pyramids. I do not necessarily have to go inside. That's not so. I, I, that's what I have National Geographic for. That's what I have Discovery right. Channel for. That's what I have History Channel for. That's what I have Museum for. I'm not stepping foot because I don't need any kind of spirit, angry or otherwise, attaching itself to me and following me back. And, where no, and we're not opening ancient texts and reading not books. Op- I, nope. You know what? <laughs> Mm-mm. accidentally on purpose or no no i have enough books sitting on my shelf that i have not read yet i don't need to do one for an hey, old hanukkah come, come read this come read this ancient uh scroll over here for me i'd be quick. like you know what love you gotta go <laughs> i would haul ass out of that pyramid so fast absolutely not absolutely not i paid attention to the mummy no mm <laughs> I like Evelyn Carnahan, but no, <laughs> not following in her footsteps. Absolutely not. 
So anyway, speaking of, of that, Tomb Raiders, then we get the Tomb Raider. Well, after he gets shot, we then say talk about the yeah, that. but no. So he he gets the Ushakti just as Layla is coming around the corner. And he's telling her, you know, he's all excited because he's like, hey, we beat Harrow. I have it. And Layla looks like she is about to whoop his ass. And she was like, I need to talk to Mark. I need to talk to him. What happened to my father? And here he comes. He was like, yo, we we don't have time for this right now. We got to go. And she was like, no, you're going to tell me what he was like. Look, I will tell you what happened, but we have to go now. She's like, no, you can tell me right now. Which always happens in these in these stories. At the minute, right. most inappropriate time. I want the truth. Well, Harold, Harold accomplished his goal. He did. He, he put a wedge between them. Right. And yeah. that was enough to stall them because she wasn't going to leave without an answer. Because if this is the person that, that you suspect of killing your father, I wouldn't go anywhere with him either. Especially after what I would think right. in my mind is like the ultimate betrayal. Like, oh, you killed my dad and then you, you know... It's kind of one of those things. Well, did you just come near me and did you meet me and fall in love with me or claim to fall in love with me and marry me just to keep me from finding out your truth? And that's exactly what she what she fears here. And he tells her, no, I didn't kill your father. I would never do that. And she says, but you knew, but you know who did? And he's like, yeah, I do. And it turns out, you know, like we said, Mark is a mercenary. He was on a mission. His partner got greedy, um, I guess stole whatever it was that they were looking for, and then tried to kill everyone there, including Layla's father, including Mark. Mark just happened to survive right. somehow, and I'm guessing that's when Khonshu found him. Yeah, well, considering who his partner was, did you guys catch the name? Yeah. I don't think he yeah. said yeah, anything. Yeah, it, yeah, it's, it's Yeah. He's a major oh, comic right. character. Major comic oh, okay, character. Okay. okay. So, yeah, but, you know, so she finds out the truth about her father, but it's kind of like one of those things where she's like, oh, that's why, that's why we met, because you had a guilty conscience. And he was like, I don't think his intent when he met her was to fall in love with her. I think it just kind of happened. And of course, you, how do you tell somebody something like that? You know, I don't think Mark deceived her on purpose. It was one of those things where it's like, okay, I need to tell you this. But then as you get to know someone, you probably fall in love and and all this other stuff. It kind of becomes, well, when is the right time to tell them that I was there when her, like, there's, there's, there's really no good way to tell somebody that. And, <laughs> and before you know it, you're married. <laughs> right <laughs> right yeah. when is it the right then, time <laughs> and then not only are you married but then you're starting to lose your very tightly control your very tight control over your mental disorder and your life just becomes like way hella more complicated than you expected it to be and then you find yourself you know <laughs> the avatar of a god and you're having to fight this other person who used to be an avatar of the same god trying to keep him from resurrecting another god like when do you tell somebody all of this i you know i don't know but it also doesn't say in this um show how long has it been since layla's father was killed oh that's a good question because we know that it's been at least like 
we know it's been at least six months from the last time Layla heard from Mark up until she reunites with him in this show. They yeah. had to have been married for at least maybe a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. So it had to be maybe, I would say maybe three, four years. Because I don't think they've been married that long. Not not by the things that they've said or indicated in the show. But anyway, they get into their little argument. And then, of course, here comes Harold. Like you say, Anthony, he did exactly what he wanted to do. He wanted to divide them, give himself some time to catch up to them. And Layla is hiding. Mark is trying to hold them off. And he gets a couple of good licks in, but then Harrow shoots him. Everybody had guns and he was going to ward them off with a hatchet. Like, Well, you have to think about it, it was Stephen that came into the tomb. Stephen, I don't see as the, the type of person to carry a gun. I mean, yeah, I'm just saying it's like, he's like, I'm going to hold them off then it's like 10 guys with rifles pointing rifles at him and it's like okay. Yeah. If anything, he should have taken one of the guns from one of the guys he kind of, uh, you know, slaughtered. Yeah. But the other, other funny thing is um, the gun that Harold shot him with I looked at that and I thought, oh, Fifth Element. Because when uh, uh, Jason Priestley's character at the beginning, when he's shooting at the um, the aliens, when they, they come to the pyramid, he's got one of those <laughs> little old timey guns. And that's the kind of... I was, I was, I was, th- I was thinking okay. more Indiana Jones. But yeah, it's like... Yeah. He hasn't seen those... <laughs> I, I haven't seen those. I, I, I just never was really I, I was never really interested in those as a kid. I just wasn't. I don't know. As, as far as Stephen picking up the hatchet, I think in his um I think for a brief second he thought he was Moon Knight. Like I he thought I, I thought he was like, oh wait a second. I got it. I got this. Then and well, then I mean, he's like he probably can still oh, fight. Right. He just doesn't have Shit. the protection of the suit. Yeah. Which is probably what he thought once that first bullet went into him. And I'm like, okay, Harold, I, I understand you want to shoot him. But then again, I was I, I just answered my own question. I was gonna say, but did you have to shoot him twice? And then double tap just came into my head. Yeah, so, yeah I guess you did. I thought it was symbolic of him killing Stephen and Mark. Twice, yeah, the two bullets. Twice. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, he's got good aim, I'll give him that much. Yeah, shout out to him being being a hell of a shot. And remember, I mean, he, he he's not all together, put together in his head either. So True. to him, shooting him twice would be appropriate. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, let's see. Then this is yeah. this is the part where we find where we get the uh, old bad eighties movie <sighs> with Doctor Stephen Grant in it, and I was like, oh, I'm sitting here watching it at first. And like I said, it looks like a really, like we talk about the 80s movies and how they don't age well and how they look like the, it's just bad. This is like so much worse. You know what immediately came to my mind? Land of the Lost. Oh, yes. There you go. There you go. Yes. I was like, I'm going to see a sleeve stack. I was just like. (laughs) Yep. So then we get a look into what appears to be a mental asylum. And the funny thing is, it took me like two or three times because I think I watched this twice 
by myself. And then I, I, no, I think I watched this once with my daughter and then twice again by myself. It took me the third, second or third time before I realized that the people who were in the mental asylum were people we've seen before. I didn't grasp that. Like the guy who's holding up the bingo um, ball is the living statue that was outside of the museum. Right. And then um, the the bitchy uh, the bitchy gift store manager, yeah, supervisor. She in here too, and I was just like, I was like, I saw. What am I looking? At? When I saw her, I was like, wait a minute. Then I had to go. That had now rewound it. And I looked and I saw the statue guy, and I saw the black girl that was the detective walking walking around, and then and then yeah. it's like I saw. The other guy with the cupcake with the cupcake um, thing that was um that's what I'm looking at Mogart's uh, bodyguard yeah, with the cupcake tray and I was like hold up and I just realized who he was because I'm looking at it in the background I was like oh wait yeah. that's him it's like everybody's in this it's almost like like the end of Wizard of Oz where she's where she wakes up and she's like and you were there and you were there and you were there and it's like mm-hmm. I was like and that that and that's the whole thing about and this is the time when everybody on the internet was like, "What? Wait, 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 wait. Tell me this all right. was not just in his head, and he's going to wake up in an asylum crazy." Like, <laughs> and then the and then the orderly that's helping him that's that's the guy that got uh that got body cavity jacked from the the mummy guard thing. <laughs> That's just I can't my, my my brain is not working right now. But yeah, I was like, wait, I know all these people. And then of course you see Layla, and it's just like, what is going on? And Lori, you said something before we started recording about the about the fact that this part of the episode, or maybe you were talking about the next episode, but it started here, where they're inside his head. Right. And you said you you had a problem with that. You don't like it when they do that. Oh, I hate when they do that. I hate when they do episodes where they're inside their head, where it's an alternative reality, when they live the same day over and over, except for the Stargate episode. Um, I hate when they do nothing but a flashback or a flash forward, and they only show you bits and pieces of what's going on actually in the story. I hate all that stuff. And this mm-hmm. next episode was no different. It just drives me nuts when they do that. Oh. So you didn't like that next generation episode where Picard lived an entire lifetime? No, 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 did not like it at all. Never, never will. I, I mean, the only, the okay, the only one I guess you can say that falls in that category that I actually like is what I'm doing for my birthday episode, which is in the pale moonlight. But see, that makes sense because of the way they laid it out. Okay, so I guess let me modify. So if they lay it out where it makes sense, that's good. But the biggest one I hate is when they're in their head or they're repeating the same day over and over again. I hate episodes like that. I turn them off. Or the Deep Space Nine episode where Cisco is the writer at the science fiction magazine. Again, that's an exception versus the rule because those episodes are actually good. Like I said, there are some, but most of the time, I don't, and that's... Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, the stars episode. There's but, about ten other episodes. Well, <laughs> oh, Anthony, no, we're no, not doing it. Well, we're not but doing I know what he's saying. Of Star Trek, uh, Nation Ration, and DS9, where they're in the person's head the whole I time. I know, I know the Section Thirty One stuff and all that stuff. My, the one with Miles, where he's the prisoner, and yeah, I know. 
I just don't like those episodes. I, I've never been a fan. And this I think one, I found the source of, of this <laughs> anger against those episodes. Oh, yeah, because I don't know. But this episode, the thing that, that, that coming up is that when they do it, it's it seems to me most of the time the writing for these particular episodes aren't that good because they could never fully make me believe because when I want okay the the other trope that I absolutely hate and the reason why I never got into how to get away with murder with Viola Davis is I hate when they start at the at the end of the story and then they each episode they have to go back to tell me what's going on don't bring up loss because that was different because loss was present and past and future and it made sense the how to get away from murder they started made made sense twin peaks (laughs) uh not a big fan of twin peaks actually i mean i like twin peaks but i wasn't like in love with twin peaks Okay, when they start at the end and they have the Lori, we're gonna have to reconsider our friendship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Lori, I mean, you're like eliminating the mummy, a good 35% of all science fiction and fantasy. I'm just saying what I don't like. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I, but, but see, okay, in this case. What about the Matrix? Where is not where? Oh, I'm not a Matrix fan <laughs> at all. We are not going down this road. This will be a whole different, different podcast yeah. episode. So let me let me just say this. I believe in my heart that when they were writing this next episode, that they had all the best intentions. But I found myself not paying attention, not focused on what was going on. There was some really, really good parts to this episode, but the way that they led out of episode four into season five, I will give it to them because it was brilliant because the way they explained their reality around them and how things were going. So that was good, but yeah, not usually a fan. Okay. I actually understand what she's saying. I I, I get it. Yeah. I understand. I happen to like this part because it's kind of, I feel like when we're seeing what is obviously inside of Mark's head, you know, he's wrecking, you know, he's putting the people that he has recognized or even Stephen has recognized into this um, mindscape, landscape, whatever you want to call it. And then the weird thing is that Arthur Harrow is his doctor. And I was just like, oh, this is not going to, this is not going to go well at all. But it's interesting seeing the little things like around Harrow's, um, around Harrow's office that are indicative of the world outside. Like I'm just now, I've got it in the background. I'm just now realizing that the painting on the wall was the village where he first encountered Harrow. And I was like, oh, okay. And then of course, you know, he's, I think at this point, Mark is starting to kind of like, he's starting to doubt what is going on. Like he's, he's sitting there, he's looking around and as the quote unquote drugs are wearing off, he's realizing, oh, wait, some of this stuff looks familiar. Oh, wait, you, is this the one where he realized that Harold shot him? I think he says something yeah. about you shot me or, or something or he starts panicking and so he runs down this hallway and he he runs into a room and there's a sarcophagus in the room and when he opens up the sarcophagus it's steven 
And this, this moment just made me so happy. I, I don't even know how to explain it, but it's kind of like he opens up the sarcophagus, Stephen comes out and they realize they're looking at each other, like outside of the, outside of their own bodies for the first time, like they're interacting like two separate people and they're very happy to see each other and they hug and they're just kind of like, oh, okay. And I feel like- That's where his brother was the other person. Ah, okay. But I feel like this is where Mark is maybe starting to accept that Stephen is a part of him. You know, of course, they don't they don't understand why, but they both realize, okay, you know, what's the last thing you remember? Harold shot us. Oh, yeah, he shot us. Okay, so we got to get out of here. They run out of this room and they start going down the hallway and there's an open door with another sarcophagus standing up just kind of like hey get me out blood red and it's so funny because right because mark looks at that and he turns around and he keeps walking i'm like y'all go let jake out y'all might need i think that's our first indication that mark may be subconsciously aware Mm -hmm. because he didn't know he he opened the one that had steven in it Mm -hmm. and was like Nah, we're not gonna open this one. And because going. if you look at the one that Stephen was in, it looked—I mean, it was a beautiful, a, a beautiful sarcophagus. It had the um, hieroglyphics and everything. It was clean. It was neat. It was nice. It looked—it—it it looked like Stephen, you know, like like what maybe Mark interprets Stephen as. That other one, there was something just a little bit. She had, she had trouble written. She had trouble written all yeah. over it. Probably, that's, probably that's, did. That's what I was saying. He he subconsciously knew, but not consciously yeah. knew. And I think that maybe at that moment, that's when he started realizing, oh wait. Uh, hmm. Yeah, let's not open that door right now. Let's 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 try to get out of here first. Or get out of here or wake up or whatever it is that he thinks he needs to do, you know, after realizing that Harold shot him. But you know, they come down the hall, they open up the door, and there's a big hippo lady standing there, huge woman, and then she says, hey! <laughs> I started cracking up, because I knew who it was oh, as soon as I saw her, right? And I was like, oh, this is going to be good. I fell out because I was like, okay, so which one did the high pitch? That was Harper says Stephen with the high pitch. Yeah. Yeah. I thought maybe that would have been Mark. That would have been real. That would have been funnier to me if the high pitch one was Mark. (laughs) That would have been that would have been totally funny. Well, I like I said, as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh, this is gonna be good. Because she's a huge character in the Rick Redired and Red Pyramid series. Uh and uh it's she's she's fun let's just say she's a lot of fun yeah but um but she she was my favorite part of it i was just like i mean she's a hippo a hippo with cornrows like okay like yeah and oh my goodness (laughs) that was funny that was funny because i i i you know I don't know what they were expecting when they opened that door. I don't think it was that. Well, what's... and I definitely wasn't expecting that because I was like, 
that doesn't fit the description of Ahmed because I thought that that was probably who. Oh, was like, oh yeah, okay. yeah. No, in so it, her, who could it be? Yeah. Well, in right. the Rick Redarian books, she is exactly where she's supposed to be in the Duat helping souls. But in the Rick Redarian books, she is actually the head of a nursing home, and it's got some stupid name like Sunnydale or Sunnyside. And she's uh, in charge of the patients. And it is absolutely hysterical because she does the same thing. She's got like, you know, notes she's reading from. So they, they pretty much depict her the same way every time I've seen her depicted in, in something like this. It's just, okay. it's just funny that they didn't scream when they saw her. They screamed when she said hi. I know, right? I mean, <laughs> that voice coming out, it, it, again, voice does not match the the face or the body it's like i was not expecting that voice that would that would kind of freak me out too i, I don't, don't know, know it, was it would have freaked me out a little bit more if it, if it sounded out. like harvey firestein so i'm like hello <laughs> but now i want one of those hippo plushes from the first episode right <laughs> they probably no, sell no, them no, somewhere no one <laughs> We have to find one and get you one. Oh, <laughs> oh, so okay. Um, but a lot happened in this episode. You know, we were talking about okay, they got to start wrapping this up. We're only getting six episodes, so now we only have two left. They, I feel like they got a lot. A lot. I, I feel like they're gonna rush to the end. You I really, so? I really feel that because two episodes for for what they've unpacked so far. Mm-hmm. two episodes can't be enough yeah because they because to, they've switched scene, they've switched the they've switched the scene it's like they were in egypt and getting stuff then next thing you know they're in a freaking they're in a psych ward it's like they've switched they've switched mm-hmm. scenes so it's not, now they gotta explain about the psych ward as well as go back and finish what they started in egypt so it's like i mean there's a lot going on here it's like they might have to spend the whole mm-hmm. next episode explaining all that we well, yeah. I we still like gotta get it. the resurrection of Ahmed. We gotta get um, them bringing Kanshu back, yep. and, and who we gotta knows? get Stephen and Mark back. We because right and now, Mark I feel back. like I feel like this is kind of like that in between for them. You know, like they're they're dying. They're not quite dead, but they're not alive either. They're kind of like traveling that journey. Like, yeah, basically. So we, I mean, we gotta get them back. Hmm. So, what was it called? And get out. Um, the sunken place. The sunken place. Yeah, that's exactly where he was. Yeah. He was like, yeah. I mean, but the but the effect that they did with um, you know, Mark sinking and then going into like it, it, it was pretty the way they did it. But yeah. I'm like, and that um, transition right to the movie, it was dead. like we still have. Yeah, I'm like, we can't be dead. We still have two episodes. Right. I need you to come back. So. That next episode is going to be interesting because I have a feeling it's not going to be a simple, oh, let's just put you back in your body or let's just wake up or whatever. I mean, he was shot. I don't think he was wearing what... I don't think he was wearing anything protective. Like, why would he be? Especially if prior to this, he had had the protection of Khonshu's suit. He didn't exactly have time to go suit up and get like a uh, uh, protect uh, a protective vest or anything. So, yeah, this I, I think the next episode is going to be that whole um, 
you know how you see the journey of, of people when they're on their way to the great beyond. It's kind of like, okay, so you have a choice. You can either do this and, and, and stay or, and go back, or you can just walk towards the light. So I have a feeling that's going to uh, be, probably one, gonna be one of those, yeah. one of those, this is your life things where it's like, do you remember doing this? Like, yeah. Oh, you mean the literal, uh, your life flashing before your Basically. eyes? Mm. Yeah. yeah. But it's going to be interesting because now you have Stephen and Mark as separate beings. Right. Which means that we we may be seeing things that they each remember. Because, you know, as, as we see from the first episode, Stephen doesn't have any memories from when he blacks out and becomes Mark. And I don't think Mark has any memories of when he's Stephen, except for what maybe what Khonshu has told him about what the idiot has done. So, you know, and then other things that he has picked up, like maybe about the goldfish and, and that sort of thing. So, well, it's going to be an info we'll be dump. we doing episode. some head diving next episode. Yep. It's going to be an info dump. But you know, it, it's, but, but related to what you just said, Hanako. He had Mark has to have some control over Steven because he got him the apartment, he got a job, and and Steven hasn't questioned anything before that. You but maybe that was Steven who did all of that. Maybe that was Steven and Mark was kind of in the background because again, Mark hadn't been seen for a few months because Steven has been going to work every day, you know. Layla's phone calls. Layla says she hadn't heard from him in six months. So maybe something happened that made Stephen come out to the forefront and then push push Mark into the back, and we just don't know what it is. Yet. I don't know. I'm, I may have to do some research. It's been a while since I read up on dissociative identity disorder, but I think the the original person has some control over what the other personalities do not complete or absolute control mm -hmm. like maybe there's some things that steven would be doing that are directly influenced by mark's desires okay you know like he it'll, it'll kind of be like mark is the subconscious telling steven okay hey we need to go get an apartment we need to go get a job and it's it's not you need to keep Steven. calling your mom. You need to make sure you call her and leave a message. You need to make sure you keep doing that. You know, those things. You know, that's why he, and, and he wouldn't think about it, it. Basically, he's directing him subconsciously to do these things in his life. Okay. To, to, to maintain a normal life. Yeah. Okay. Like he didn't okay. question anything. He hasn't reached out to any other family members. He has all these other things that he is intentionally ignoring, like okay. weird things in the apartment, you know, that mm -hmm. that that would have clued him that something was going on. That's just how it, it that's how that is part of Mark's survival mechanism. Okay. The reason why he created the personalities in the first place. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. Um, let's see. Do we have anything else to discuss? I think we we pretty once much again. They they missed a total opportunity to have a have a different ending theme. They could have put in, "I found a hippopotamus in Egypt." 
a big old hippopotamus with braids. I mean, it's right there. It's literally right there. You know, I'm gonna. Yeah, that wasn't I'm gonna my just best one. I'm just That's gonna, the only yeah. thing I could come up with. I'm sorry. Like, you know, know, short applause, notice applause, because that was good. That was good. Thank you. Thank you. And on that note, that's <laughs> it for our show. <laughs> you can find us online at www.phantomhybrid.com. We are on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Phantom Hybrid. You can watch our videos on YouTube and listen to us on all major podcast streaming channels. Thanks for listening. We hope you join the conversation next time. Bye.